This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 133. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Anissa Ferreira. Anissa is a designer and front-end developer from Sao Paulo, Brazil. She is the co-founder of OST, an agency focused on delivering great user experience with WordPress. Anissa is also part of the WordCamp Sao Paulo organizing team. Hello, Anissa. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me here today. We're so glad to have you. Glad to have someone from... um the other side of the world in a vertical sense. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, sure. Um, as Liam said, I am a designer and front-end developer. I started uh, playing with front page in my teenage. <laughs> so uh, I, ended up, I ended up here today <laughs> with you with WordPress and uh, now I have my own agency where I work with uh, a variety of clients developing everything from um, corporate websites and e-commerce and plugins and everything that WordPress can do. How did you, I I used front page a long time ago as well. Uh, How did you discover WordPress? Well, um, after I played with front page, I realized that I had to learn something different if I wanted to uh, really create professional websites. So um, when I was looking for a platform to build my portfolio, uh, I guess I was in college at the time, and uh, I went to graphic design school, college. So uh, I was looking for a platform to just build a simple portfolio and put some Im- images. So I found WordPress, and I didn't really like it at first. So I I kind of built a portfolio, didn't like it, and I. Uh, left, <laughs> but I, I and I went to uh, Blogspot and I built my uh, portfolio there. So when I had to build like a more uh, robust, robust website, I went back to WordPress and I and I thought, well, this will uh, be more appropriate for this kind of website this time. That's super interesting around going with front page and then, you know, uh, you know I didn't start with front page. I was a dream weaver and just coding and, and text editors and the like, uh, but definitely more of a, a marketing and designer than, than a developer. Um, but now you're, you're, we heard that you describe yourself as a front end developer and talk about your transition or introduction or at least willingness to dive into code to the point where you publicly declare that you write code, which is is something I always reluctantly share if I never describe myself as, as a developer. And, and it's not a bridge that ultimately I wanted to cross. I'd be interested in hearing your story. 
Well, that was exactly it. I was reluctant to because I always uh, saw myself as a designer. I am a designer. I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer. And as I was trying to build my portfolio uh, with Blogspot, I uh, realized that they had like these um, themes or templates and that I could uh, customize it at some extent. So I had to learn a little uh, CSS to do this and a little HTML. So I started uh, learning and soon enough it was, oh, I really wanted to change this little part that I cannot change in this platform. So I started to build my own website with uh, pure HTML and CSS and some JavaScript. And um, I got a freelance job that I had to build like the layout of a website. And the, the customer, my, my, my client asked me if I could build it. And I said, okay, I can. And then I built it. And then uh, the, the client um, really liked it. And she said, oh, let's uh, work together. You maintain the website and I'll pay you for to do this. And I was like, oh, I can really work with this. So I really started working as a developer than a designer. So uh, it was my first job. And I really was surprised because someone saw that I could develop something and I really didn't believe that I could. So at this point, I was like, okay, maybe I should really study at this serious, take this seriously because at, the, at college, I didn't have any coding classes. You know, I had just a, a really basic one. So I, I had to learn by myself. So I started studying and, and really uh, put some effort on the coding side of my skills. That's really interesting. What is the community like where you live? The WordPress community. Well, the community here is a very dedicated one, but it's also, uh, we are going through a rough period period, you know, we need to um, understand what is happening right now in our community to bring more people to engage more people because uh, three or four years ago, we had like this huge community and all of a sudden it really, it uh, shrank a bit. So now we have, we don't have many word camps. Uh, we have like two in a year for a country as big as Brazil is not, is not much. So uh, we really need to uh, have this, um, give some attention to the base work, you know, uh, and talk to people and engage them because uh, WordPress is really huge here, but uh, the community is not really representing the, the, the size of the engagement the engagement we have here. What do you attribute, and you might not have the answer, so I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but 
is the decline of the activity of the Brazilian WordPress community, is that likely to be related to COVID-19? Or do you think there's another factor there? Well, COVID certainly had an impact, but it was before, even before um, the, all the pandemic and quarantine. Um, I think that uh, WordPress is really um, a, a, a tool that is, uh, we have uh, different tools here uh, that have um, more, uh, a bigger marketing um, approach. I don't know how to express this. The, the, the other tools uh, make, I think, make more an, an effort to uh, make a, a, sorry, I'm... No, you're doing fine. Your, your English is fantastic compared to my Brazilian, so my Portuguese. <laughs> so carry on. You're, I'm definitely following you. It's, it's a different approach. But just, so just take your time and, and share as you'd like. Uh, we're definitely understanding you. Okay. Um, the, other, the other tools like uh, Wix or other, other e-commerce platforms, they are really investing in marketing and uh, people are migrating for these other tools and sometimes people uh, still see uh, WordPress as the like the amateur tool like something that yeah, is not amateur tool sure yeah something that is not like enterprise or something that is not it's like for you to build like just a simple blog it's not really uh, a, a professional tool so uh, we really have this work um, of educating the market here. And um, that's why as I said that our community is super dedicated because, because everyone works day and night um, telling people, no, WordPress is not, um, does not have like, uh, uh, security problems have security problems as any other software would have. So we have to like keep educating people in the very ba basic stuff, and that's um, most of the uh, difficult of the uh, the community we have here is is about this. Yeah, that's a real challenge to educate folks about the, the realities of WordPress because, you know, of course it has its security flaws and risks, but every content management system does. And, and to say that WordPress is more vulnerable than others is, I mean, it's, it's difficult as a, as a small agency to have any kind of scientific data that says actually it's no more so. I mean, anecdotally and professionally, we can say it's not, but it's just... At least I'm not aware of Tara. Do you know of any where you could point to a study or a blog post that says these are the top most insecure, <laughs> insecure content management system? Because WordPress might be hacked the most, but it's also the most widely used. So inevitably, it's going to be the most hacked. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a challenge. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm also curious when we talk about challenges, if you would talk to us a little bit about being the co-founder of an agency and, and what challenges you've found doing that, uh, being your own boss and, and running an agency and working with clients. Talk to us a little bit about your experience there and what the challenges are. 
Well, uh, it certainly was a challenge. It still is. But uh, I feel like the first challenge is that we were very young at the time we found. Uh, we were um, 19. I was 19. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I was working. I said that uh, working with the website development was my first job. It was also was my only job. <laughs> So I just had this one job and I then and then I went, oh, you know what? Let's start our own thing. So uh, this was the first challenge. We didn't have much experience and network and anything. And we just not, knew that we wanted to do something um, different and uh, that we, we were experienced in our jobs. And then we started studying and learning everything we could. Uh, the WordPress community really helped us at, um, at a key moment in our uh, company because we started doing everything we could uh, about design, you know, like do you need some print or logo or anything you could think of we would do. So when we started uh, seeing that uh, building websites with WordPress were a possibility, we went to the community and we asked a lot of help uh, first to build our own website. And then uh, we learned what we learned, we uh, started doing for clients. And uh, this was one of the biggest challenges to to uh, learn how to um, adapt really fast because we didn't have like uh, so much uh, previous experience. So uh, I think those are, were the main challenges. Is, and now is like, how can we uh, keep a sustainable business and think about uh, growing and uh, bringing more, uh, more, more business, uh, and also the, the pandemic, right? It's, it's a big challenge for everyone. Yeah, for sure. How about, uh, so you, you started this with a friend. How does that work out? Yeah, I started this with my boyfriend, Alison. And it was really, uh, we really work well together. We complement each other's uh, skills. He's a backend developer and he uh, work, uh, he's, uh, tends to deal more with the business side and I tend to build, uh, deal more with the creative side. So uh, it really went really well. And in the last couple of years, we... Uh, hired some staff and we have another partner now, uh, Max. Is, uh, and then uh, we are getting really well and it's, it's really weird because at first we thought, oh, we have to separate personal and, and business life and, and things. Uh, we have to be really uh, mindful of that. Of that and it wasn't really that hard you know um, and I think we really um, knew how to complement each other's 
not only skills, but uh, knowledge, everything. And I think when you work with someone that you know and you like, uh, it's really the best because uh, you are living with the person for many hours and you have to communicate well, you have to be able to understand and all the soft skills uh, get uh, are, get really easier to uh, deal with that. Yeah, you know, we've we've chatted with a, a few couples who work together, and uh, I think it's amazing to be able to do that actually, because I think it is a struggle to separate work from life in general, and then to have that be part of your relationship as well. It's, it says a lot about the strength of a relationship to do that, and and I think you do have to make a concerted effort, as you said, you talked about about that. So, uh, how many years have you been doing this together then? Well, we started working together in 2009. So it's 11 years now. Wow. That's impressive. That's Congratulations. Fantastic. That's great. That's great. I'd like to ask you about success. We ask everyone this question and I love hearing the different answers that we hear. Uh, what does success mean to you? How do you define it? And how do you, um, how do you incorporate that definition into your life? I think success is uh, reaching a goal and it doesn't matter what goal is this. And uh, I really think uh, success is not really caring about what other people think success is. Uh, I, I really, um, when we started working and, and we started our own agency, I thought about a lot about this and I thought, well, uh, when will I feel like I, I accomplished success? Will that be when I, I don't know, I have my first million <laughs> dollars or when I, I don't know, I have a 200 people company, what will su success look, look like? And now today I don't have any of this. <laughs> but um, I feel I can work um, the uh, uh, same amount of hours in my week. I can have my time of uh, entertainment and doing nothing. I have my weekends and I have my mental health. I have um, my health in general. So I think uh, this is starting to look like success like for me <laughs> of course of course I uh, want to do a lot more and but I, I I'm seeing that I'm getting the small uh, small successes you know and this is like compound and compounding like the bigger success I have I want yeah I, 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 I really like that idea of a bunch of small successes adding up to an overall feeling of success. And I just want to go back to something you said about success is not concerning yourself with the definition of other people's success. And I, I just love that. I love that, that confidence and not in a, not a, you know, uh, a, a bravado or a hubris or false pride, but really just, I am who I am and 
I understand who I am and, and what matters to me it may not matter to you and that's okay. It matters to me and I'm going to, I'm going to make that my work and my goal. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. I think we live like in a moment in history where we see people getting $1 billion, billion dollars at age 23 <laughs> and we look like we look at this and we'd be like oh my god what am i doing with my life and i get this sometimes a lot <laughs> and but i i really just you know what uh i i don't care you know it's just like i'm doing my own thing and i know all uh of the steps I had to take to reach where I am. So uh, it couldn't be different. You know, I, I did my best and of course could uh, have done some things differently, but I never, uh, we cannot think about this. We, what uh, we, we cannot mess with timelines. <laughs> you know, what if I had done this? Well, something good could come up of this, but I, Uh, it could be something bad too. So it, there is no point of thinking in, in thinking uh, what could I have done or, or what would my life be if something would be different. Yeah, and uh, and I think having started a, your own company at age 19, your definition of success naturally will evolve as you as you get older and as your business shifts and changes. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely changed a lot. And I definitely learned a lot. And um, I hope it keeps changing until I, I don't know, until the, the end, because uh, it's not really something that I, I think is like fixed or it's, Uh, something that it uh, needs to keep changing, you know, and even if I um, really just uh, reach that that goal that I set before, I need to set another one. So we keep going. Yeah, that makes sense. I I want to ask you about about your business and about business development in a in a COVID nineteen economy. We shared before the show that both Brazil, where you live, and the United States, where Tara and I live, have various stages of lockdown orders in place throughout our respective countries. How are you and your 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 business partner? How are you going about bringing in work, doing business development? in this type of environment? What's that look like for you? Well, uh, we are working 100% um, remotely. So we started early on March, I guess. And it uh, we didn't even had like a lockdown order here in Brazil when we started. But we already had like some experience working remotely. Our company was not remote at the time, but um, a part of it was. And we always had like the tools. Uh, we always used Slack. Everything was um, in GitHub or uh, our, our files were in the cloud. Everything was set up to work remotely 
we just preferred to go to the office. And when we had to make the shift to work remotely, it was kind of smooth. We didn't have a lot of problems. We just had to adjust like the communication process because we felt uh, felt really isolated. You know, we were used to work side by side. So we just worked there. And when we need to talk to someone, we just turn to the side and say something. And since we didn't have this, we had to set up uh, daily meetings and weekly meetings. And now we are trying to understand what we can do to um, bring more business because uh, we need to think about the future and how can we bring more business. And we actually saw a opportunity in working with um, clients from, from other countries that we um, didn't really have the, the opportunity before. And since now everyone is remote, we can focus on this. So now we are uh, talking with people from other countries and trying to get business in not only Brazil, but you know, in the world. Yeah, that's really interesting. The the globalization because due to the lockdown that enables folks to to communicate and do business outside of their own kind of geographic limitations. And I suppose, you know, going east and west gets a bit tricky with time zones, but you can go up and down, up and down your same time zone and there's plenty of folks in it and and you don't have to deal with time zone. That's really interesting. Anissa, I wanna I wanna change gears on us and talk a little bit about advice. And my question for you is, what's the best advice that you've ever been given or read or encountered and successfully implemented in your life? Well, uh, it was an advice from a YouTube video. I don't have it anymore, but it was a really simple YouTube video about drawing and it really can be, can be applied to anything. It's just like, do uh, something uh, a lot of times and you get good in in it. It doesn't matter what it is. So uh, the the man was talking about drawing like a, a character, but uh, it's just a simple, there is no magic in how do I uh, become good in something. There is no magic, it's just do this thing uh, as many times as you can do and you'll be good at it eventually. So uh, pretty much anything can be achieved through training. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. And I find myself needing to remind myself of that from time to time that, you know, this is cumbersome and laborious and I keep heading my virtual foot on the same stump. And it's really just because I don't know what I'm doing. And if I do it more and more it becomes easier. Tara, I can see from the look on your face that you wanted to share something, so I'm going to be quiet. No, I was, I was going to be in agreement on that concept. Um, and I was also going to ask what you do for fun when you're not working. Well, I draw. <laughs> I like to draw a lot. And I like to play video games. Um, pretty much anything that involves creativity and 
uh, I like to write, to um, do manual work, and I, I, I really try to do very different things for my hobby that does not involve only the computer or, or, or something electronic because I get so much time in front of screens that I, especially now in the quarantine, I, I just need some um, daylight <laughs> eventually. But I, I try to draw a lot and in the last couple of days, I've been drawing a lot. Hmm. What do you like to draw? Sorry oh, to interrupt now, you again, Tara. Uh, now I'm I'm drawing manga, <laughs> so I'm I'm drawing Japanese style comics, and I I'm really liking it. I it's just, it's usually something that the teenagers do, and I'm a little late to the party, but <laughs> never too late, and never. I really enjoy it. That's neat. <laughs> What's it like um, do you, when you work in WordPress, do you work in English with an English version of it or do you we use a translated version? I know it's been something that has been uh, talked about a lot uh, and I haven't really explored it much myself, but I'm curious to how how you interact with WordPress in your language or in English. Oh, I use it, it uh, in Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, and I am part of the translation team. I am uh, one of the translators in our community. And I even um, translate plugins and themes too. And this is why WordPress is so successful here in Brazil, because we have like a, a really good translate uh, translation team. And they are really fast. <laughs> we work really hard to ensure that uh, WordPress is available in Portuguese as soon as they release a new version and Brazilians, uh, only 5% of the Brazilians speaks, uh, speak English. And so we have to translate it. And I, I ended up using in Portuguese uh, almost all the time. I love hearing that. It's something that I think um, we're so, so centered on ourselves in the English language that I don't think that we think about that very often. And whenever I encounter blog posts or information about the translating teams, I'm always fascinated to hear about uh, what they're doing and how to make WordPress available to people who don't speak English. It's wonderful. So, and that's one of the reasons I'm sure why WordPress is so widely used. Are other platforms like Squarespace and Wix and those, do they have translations or are they only in English? I wonder, do you know? Uh, Wix, I know they have a Portuguese version. I'm not aware if Squarespace have, but yeah. I guess they, they have. Okay. I mean, I guess that's the benefit of being open source is you have people contributing from all over the world in their own languages rather than having to hire people to do that. So, um, well, thank you for contributing to the WordPress community and to your community in Brazil to make WordPress more accessible to everybody. That's great. It's a big oh, commitment, yeah, I'm think, sure. And I'll second that. Thanks. Uh, the translation teams who give of their time and their talent and their multilingual skills are a huge part of, of what makes the WordPress community global. And if it, if it if folks like you and Nisa were, were skilled enough and generous enough to, to do that, we, we wouldn't be able to 
to have the great, not just community, but also just the economy, the diversity, the plugins are made by folks from all over the world. So thank you for your contributions that way. Even though we're not in Brazil, we're certainly benefiting from your work to translate it into, into Portuguese. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> So we are, are sadly out of time here, but before we say goodbye, I'd love for you to, to share where people can find you online and maybe if you share them and all where people can see some of your drawings online too. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am Anissa Ferreira on Twitter too. Um, and almost every other social media, um, I am Anissa Ferreira too. And there is indeed some drawings in Twitter right now. And um, you can find me at my website, which is astidesign.com.br. And that's it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure meeting you. I hope that you stay safe. Oh, you too. Stay safe, everyone. Bye, Bye for now, Anissa. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves. <laughs>